On this fourth Sunday of Advent, we are privy to two dialogues and one instruction in the scriptures. First, an ancient dialogue between a prophet and a king. King David wonders out loud, should I build a temple, something much grander and more appropriate than a tent, in which to house the Ark of the Covenant, those sacred scrolls that lay out the promise and the fulfillment and even the identity of Yahweh and the Jewish people. At first, Nathan thinks the idea sounds good, but that night, God gives Nathan a different message to deliver to the king, a difficult message, namely that God, not David, is in charge of the covenant, and so God, not David, will decide how to unfold it, how to choose an heir, how to establish a house, when and where, not David. I will be father to your heir, God says, and he will be son to me. In the second reading, Paul, the missionary, is writing an instruction to the Christian community in Rome. That community now includes both Jews and Gentiles, And this is some 25 years after Jesus' resurrection. Paul is explaining the covenant that it has been fulfilled in their lifetime. This is a different idea. He speaks from the present tense. A resurrection Jesus is something that's difficult, though, to understand. And so the people may have been asking Paul and one another, was this man who was crucified with the Uh, the expressions of an empty tomb and a resurrected person, someone who walked among people and then went up to heaven, is this the fulfillment of the covenant? That tough question is still being discussed in Luke's gospel. In a dialogue between a teenage Jewish girl, Mary, and an angel, At first, Mary is confused by the angel's greeting. She doesn't understand why she's said to be full of grace or that the Lord is with her. Then there comes a whole list of striking verbs, as though Mary is merely watching her future just unfurl or roll out in front of her. You will, the angel says, conceive a son, name him Jesus. He will be great. He will be son of the Most High. God will give this child David's throne. He will rule forever. You can see in this choice of words, this is an allusion to this covenant, to this promise from earlier scriptures. Paul knew the scriptures, and so he's recounting them to this people. But right now, in the story, it's all still just a prophecy because Mary hasn't said a single word. When she does, she asks one question, how, since I am a virgin? And the answer is an allusion to another scripture. It's that the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the references to the creation story where the Spirit of God hovered over the waters from which all creation springs. Again, this dialogue has to do with this understanding of fulfillment of a covenant, a promise.
This conversation, of course, was never recorded. It's not videoed, and there were no witnesses. Yet in Luke's telling, Mary, who scholars today think was just 12 or 13 years old, did see herself as a handmaid of the God of God. And she freely consents to what the angel tells her. This is a crucial point. And she takes on this role, a personal and strategic role in God's unfolding cosmic drama of salvation. She doesn't consent merely to conceive the child, but to rear him, to raise him, to see God in him so that he can learn to see the God in himself and be who he is meant to be. And at the end, she stands before the cross, not only as his mother, but as a disciple. In her wonderful book, In Search of Mary, The Woman and the Symbol, Sally Kinnean describes Mary as a human woman and a feminine symbol of the divine. Mary, she writes, closes the gap between the ordinary and the holy. Isn't that exactly what we're called to do today? Close that gap. We believe that the promise fulfillment process continues, that God lives among us and with us and in us. Like Mary, we're called to be God-bearers, to make God's compassion and justice real and present, not just in our spiritual lives or our interior or even our homes, but in the world. How, you may ask. That takes a lifetime of discernment as we discover what gifts God has given us and how best to use them. But all the basics we know, we've seen, we can read the Sermon on the Mount. We know how Jesus spoke to people, how he spoke to women, which was taboo, how he healed the sick and fed the hungry, how he was prophetic and kept to God's commands. We saw how he built a community. All these things we've seen in the saints too, so we know what to do. What we should do this Advent, perhaps, is to do what that little 12 or 13-year-old girl did, consent, and then persist. <laughs>